Hello and welcome to The Bomb Filter, an experimental movie podcast designed with one purpose, to determine the worst movie ever made. We take terrible movies and put them through a series of tests to decide just that. I am your host, Chris Ackman, joined by my co-host and fellow mad scientist, Rob Scucci. Hey, Rob, how you doing, buddy? And why are we doing this? Hey, man, I couldn't be better. And uh, we're doing this because we just want to explore the magic of cinema through the worst films ever made. Uh, This week, we're doing Waterworld with Kevin Costner, which in my head, I was thinking Kevin Spacey. And Oh, no way. Yeah, and I I know it wasn't Kevin Spacey, but just the idea of him with like kids on a boat kind of fucked with me for a minute. And then I watched it. I was like, oh, oh, that guy, that guy. Okay. Yeah, thank, thank God it's Costner in this case. Yeah, exactly. Although it was a girl on the boat, so she might have been okay. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, so yeah, I I uh I don't hate it. I could see watching it again. How about you? I would watch it. It, it was too long. It was um yeah, it, once yeah. again like like Armageddon. It's like you could have made this movie in like an hour and a half, maybe hour fifteen tops. Yeah, and I said that backwards, but it's <laughs> there's lots of just. I think they wanted to show like the breadth and the beauty of the ocean. So all yeah. those shots and all the cinematography, which was in, in my mind, pretty damn good. I think when we get to a later test, we're going to see his scores pretty well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, so, I think mean, so. I enjoyed it. Like, like you said off air, it's a, uh, it's like Mad Max, but bad. And yeah. I, I'm a, I love the old Mel Gibson Mad Max movies. So I do too. I really love the vibe and yeah. they were going for it here. Uh, yeah. but you can't really get a genuine 80s vibe, I don't feel, in the 90s just by, like, giving them torn leather. Yeah, torn leather and, like, that steampunk aesthetic that they had in, like, Wild Wild West with Will Yeah, Smith. yeah, exactly. But the quality of the film is too good. You know, the production value is too good to, to pass it off with yeah. as that 80s feel that they wanted to get, I think. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like we should actually get into the first test first, and then I'll get into, uh, the, the bad reviews and the Keystone apparatus for, um, okay. for reasons. Okay. Um, so if you don't mind, I'd like to start with the budget botch botch, which is, um, the point where Rob and I assume the roles of budget analysts. So we compare the actual budget of the film to the value that we think that they extracted from it. Uh, so the difference in those two scores is our result. Yeah. So that's test number one, the budget botch watch. It's the budget botch watch. All right. So um, we're going to take a look at what the budget is. But, Rob, why don't you throw me a guess? It's got to be something massive. It's got to be like... Because this was like 95 and it was a pretty monolithic undertaking, I would say. I, I want to say it's like 200 million or something like that. Um, I, I heard, okay, so you are very close. Um, estimated okay. 175 million. I, I knew that though. Um, and that's why I wanted to do the botch watch first because I, I, uh, saw the budget and I didn't want to, I didn't want to guess. I didn't want to ruin it for you. Okay. And actually, Actually, a couple of our reviews mentioned how expensive it was, so I wanted you to go into okay. it, uh, just brass tacks. So, um, do you want to guess what it has grossed? Uh, I, I think this one was well, well received, so I want to say, like, if I said 200 million, I want to say it was at least a wash. 
Um, so mm-hmm. I'll, I'm just going to say 200. Okay. Uh, did 264. Uh, oh, wow. State, so it, you know, made 90, $90 million. That's pretty damn good. Okay. I mean, it, it's not, when you spend 200, I think you want to make 500. Um, so in that way, I guess it might have been a bit disappointing, but who stops at $90 million, right? Nobody. Yeah. I, I watch a lot of Shark Tank and I think they always want to triple their investment. So, um, I mean, it, sounds it, about right. it falls short of that, but it's still, it's still pretty impressive. I, I agree. Um, so let me, uh, let me give you those reviews that I didn't want to give you before the box. Oh, you know what? We can't do that yet because we need to, uh, come up with a score. Uh, how do you feel? That they spent that 175 million. Do you think that they hit the mark there, or do you think they could have uh, done better? Here's the thing: it's so much conventional special effects and like all those gears and that that, that boat, Kevin Costner's boat, is yeah. fucking insane with all the gears. And he, you think it's just these little floaters on the outside, and he dives down, and there's like a whole labyrinth of of mechanics down there. So just just that kind of attention to detail. I want to say they they spend their money. I want to say they spent their money pretty correctly on this one. I want to say like, like one fifty. Yeah, I th- I think that's a that's a good score. I, I was going to say about one hundred and fifty. Um, you know, because I I agree that the special effects look pretty darn good. I mean, there are some yeah. things that they did. They cut corners. I think they got some actors that they could have maybe invested in uh, someone better if they had recasted uh, like the. The guy who is Gregor, the like the old scientist guy. Yeah, you could have you could have had some Christopher Lloyd type character in there that wouldn't have cost you too much. It was just a yeah. basically cameo role, and that guy that guy was pretty bad. I mean, there were there were characters there that I felt like they could have spent their money better uh, on the acquisition of. So let's I let's I'm cool with 150. You want to yeah. do that? Yeah. I'm, I'm okay, totally so that cool gives that. us a negative 25. Yeah, so that's, that fares better than Armageddon, I would say. I agree, which is our current worst movie ever made. Yeah. So uh, that's what it's going to be up against. All right. Uh, so now I'm going to read you the reviews that I have here. Okay. Um, this one I'm going to read, and then I'll let you guess who it is. Okay. <laughs> it could have been more. It could have been better. And it could have made me care about characters. It's one of those marginal pictures you're not unhappy to have seen, but can't quite recommend. Is that the Roger Ebert? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I promise I won't always do Roger Ebert. No, um, but you know what? Just, I'm learning. I'm learning his voice. Yeah, definitely. I really yeah. love the way he writes, man. And that wasn't his whole review. I mean, his review was a couple pages, probably. Yeah. But I, that, was, that was a sampling. I just was reading his review, and I really liked it, so I jotted that down. Okay. Um, here's one from, and this is. I'm only doing two. Um, taken from Destin Howe of the Washington Post, and this was at the time, so he had just seen it. Not This okay. is not a, like a recent review or anything. Sure. Waterworld, Kevin Costner's ocean epic, uh, the most expensive movie ever made and probably the most flaw- uh, flooded with problems. Yeah. So uh, I think what he's... I, I quickly read that uh, Costner had marital issues and ended up i think getting divorced during the filming and okay um they ended up getting into some really bad storms in hawaii when they were filming okay uh so a couple of sets were like totally destroyed so oh, it that ended sucks. up 
this this is why I wanted to do the Bosch watch first, though. I didn't want to yeah. tell you, you know, that that review mentions how expensive the movie was. And I wanted to yeah. tell you that the filming in Hawaii was uh, very costly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it seems like, though, it's not these are not as bad as like the reviews for, say, Biodome. Yeah, and for the uh, Ebert review, it makes a lot of sense. Like, he, I, I felt what he said. He's just like, I didn't. I'm, I don't. I'm not upset that I watched it. You know, yeah. it, it was a nice way to burn an afternoon. But also, you just kind of sat there with, like, with your like mouth open, going like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, so, like there was it, there was a mix of just like complacency and also just kind of disgust at the same yeah. time. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's totally fair. Let's move it on over to the Keystone Apparatus. All right. Um, so we're going to get a feel here for the sort of ecosystem of the movie. Sure. So um, whatever streaming platform you might have watched it on usually um, gives you a community of movies. So like customers also watch type movies. Uh, so what I like to do is after I've finished the movie, I jot down those suggestions um, and I cross-reference uh, them with uh, Rotten Tomatoes critic scores so that I can get an average of all the movies surrounding our movie. Uh, and that gives us our environment. So we want to know okay. whether Waterworld is a keystone predator, if, it, if it's important to the uh, movements in the community, or if it's uh, really not, if, if the community can do without, okay. so to speak. Um, so the movies that they suggested, I'm going to go through and give you the, um, tomato, uh, critic score. The Postman is the first one. That's a Costner film as well. Have you seen that? I haven't. It got an 8%. <laughs> okay. That's weird because my friend Phil, uh, just told me that he really likes The Postman, but it's terrible. So, okay. uh, we were just talking about it. Uh, The Fifth Element with Bruce Willis again pops up. Yeah. This came up, I think, for Battlefield Earth. So maybe like epic scale movies. Dystopia. Yeah, that, that's fair. Uh, 71%. Okay. Robin Hood. Um, I think Prince of Thieves was the Costner one. It was the Costner yeah. one. Uh, 51. Okay. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Go figure. That's yeah. Gibson. Uh, it got an 80. Wait, wait, time out. Thunderdome got an 80? Yeah, it did. Thunderdome it fucking did. sucked, dude. <laughs> I know. I, I I thought that that was crazy. I I you yeah. know I should have gone in and taken a look at what uh, Mad Max the original got because it must have got yeah. a ninety something. Yeah. Uh, Cast Away with Tom Hanks got an eighty nine. Okay. Dances with Wolves another Costner eighty three. Okay. And then uh, I had to pick this one up. I, I could have gone with um, the Road Warrior Mad Max Road Warrior, yeah. but uh, I instead wanted to go with Judge Dredd. Okay. <laughs> with- with Sylvester Stallone, yeah. uh, one, because it would bring down the average, and uh, that's fair um, to Waterworld since it had Castaway and um, Dances with Wolves as okay. competition. Yeah. Um, so, and, oh, and two, because uh, we're doing a Stallone film next week. Uh, that's correct. We will talk more about that later. Sure. Um, but get excited, audience. Um, so anyway, the, the average was a 57.7. So every okay. week it seems our average is climbing. Yeah. Um, do you want to guess where water world ended up? Well, based on the averages you gave me, it seems like Costner has had a pretty good run minus the postman or mailman one. Yeah. The postman. And like this one, it, it, it exceeded his budget and it made like 90 million. So I like 70. It got a 47. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's appropriate. There's, yeah. we'll get into it. We'll get into yeah. it. It's, uh, not great. <clears throat> so it, uh, punches below its weight. It is, in fact, prey, not a keystone predator. Um, and we can now move on to, uh, test number two, okay. which is the elevator movie plot pitch. Okay. Um, so an easy way to determine the strength of a movie is to summarize its plot, uh, as succinctly as possible. Our gold standard here at, uh, Bomb Filter Pod is Jurassic Park, which took me in uh, one of our early recordings, only mm-hmm. 10 seconds to summarize. So, um, bad movies have convoluted, uh, uh, plot pitches, so they take too long. We're going to hold it against the 10 second standard as I read my, um, very accurate summary. And, uh, whatever it runs past 10 seconds is the score we will jot down. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. So let's get into it. Test number two, the elevator movie plot pitch. I got to show you my script for this movie that I just came up with. uh, You ever seen seen Top Gun? It's like the guy from Top Gun. He works at a mall. Okay, so it's a nice rock fairy. He's trying to hang out this little lotion. He's like, hey, 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 sir, sir. I know you're in a hurry. Hey, sir, sir. I know you're Okay. All right, let's do it. Uh, whenever you're ready with the stopwatch, I will start. Reading. All right. Three, two, one, pitch. Kevin Costner stars as a fish in this underwater epic action flick. A total reversal of Mad Max, Waterworld is a globe consumed entirely by H2O. The melting of the polar ice caps has not only drowned the world in H2O, but also reversed north and south. The Mariner, played by Costner, must decide if he wants to protect a woman and child from dirt-thirsty oil hounds, led by Deacon, played by Howie Mandel. Deacon seeks dry land and is sure the little girl can guide him there. Will Muto, Gil-laden, half-man, the Mariner help her, or will he go fish? That's it. 37 seconds. Okay, that's a rough score. 27. (laughs) Uh, We also have to assign it a uh, star grade. So, uh, what did you think of the pitch? That's a three, five. All right. You liked it? I liked it. No, it, it, I, I, it, it really submerged me into your world. <laughs> under, under the sea in yes. the water world. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got our score. It's a 27 and a three and a half stars. So the three and yes. a half star will, um, help us decide whether or not, um, we, you know, cause, Sometimes a one star and a 40 second, um, might, um, trounce a 50 second and a two star. So the stars matter. Yeah. Um, because it helps us decide which ones, which is the worst plot. Yes. All right. Let's move on to test number three. Okay. We are flying here, buddy. This is the indefensible dialogue counter. Very easy. <laughs> um, this test just gathers horrible lines of dialogue into a collection that we then tally to give us our scores. So let's get into it. Test number three, the indefensible dialogue counter. You say Something that makes absolutely no sense. Something similarly stupid. Hello, hello. I have right. a feeling this, is, this one's going to take, take a minute. It's going to take uh, at least a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, man. Uh, I, I wrote down, so the reason it's going to take a while is because, uh, there is a lot of dialogue here. So 
I'm going to do my best to impart the real sense of uh, the movie and, and okay. give you the way the actors felt as I read these lines. Okay. And uh, Rob is going to attempt to defend these lines as reasonable dialogue. Um, so number one, you remember the priest in the beginning, the first atoll that um, the Mariner visits? Yes. The priest who is um, chanting as they uh, recycle a woman, they call it. So they're, they're putting her body to the ocean and using it for nutrients or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Here, you want to know what, you want to know what the priest is chanting? Cause I wrote it all down. Yeah. What is he chanting? Bones to berries, veins to vine, these tendons to trees, this blood to brine. Too old she was. This woman does leave us recycled and enshrined in the presence of him who leads us. Hmm. How do you like that? Well, I mean, okay. So it, it really does bring you into their warped worldview uh, as to yeah, how exactly. human, not human sacrifice, but just uh, how they, how they treat and respect their dead, use their bodies as a sacrifice to um, try ushering in a new uh, world of uh, dry land and foliage and vegetation yeah. and all that. So, right. So, I mean, it's the thing that really bothers me is uh, to not defend it is they've only it's only been a couple hundred years like this. So, I mean, don't don't they have like just there are a couple generations removed from dry land? Like, are they really going to be that superstitious? I I don't know. I I don't I don't know how far. I, I guess they still have some items surviving from, um, you know, the, the the way the world was. So yeah. it, it must not have been too, too long afterwards. I didn't really yeah. get, I don't remember actually getting any kind of like timeline, like how, how long ago yeah. this was. Um, and there is one reason why I want, I can, I'm not going to say it because it'll ruin a different segment, but there's something okay. that bugs me about this line. Um, okay. That I'm realizing now, I can't say without ruining something later. So, do you want to count that as defended then? Um, defended yeah, I'm gonna, with a revisit. I'm going to count it as defended with re- if you might shed late, uh, later information on me that make you want to revisit <laughs> it. But I'm defending it right now because it shows you the worldview. Okay. All right. Defended. Okay. For now. For now. All right. Um, line number two. You remember the pig smoker guy with that's. Uh, in charge of the giant gun on the boat. Yes. Um, as he's firing, Deacon's <laughs> trying to get his attention. So he's having his, uh, his, you know, guys like call out to him to try yeah. to get him to stop. So he, he screams, maybe he doesn't answer to Chuck. Call him Charles. Charles. <laughs> and so everyone, <laughs> everyone starts screaming Charles at this guy who is firing off like, 50 milliliter rounds or uh, yeah. millimeter rounds. So there's not yeah. like, there's no chance in hell this guy's ever going <laughs> to hear them, but they think maybe because they've got the wrong name. I don't know. They, they're going for funny. Did they're they going, cheat it? They're going, I mean, it is pretty funny. They're going for comic relief, but like at the same time, it's like this, I'm going to take it off on the list because I think, you know, they're, they're trying this line between being a serious, like oceanic epic of redemption and finding a new world. And then like, they had these fucking like knuckleheads. Yes. And that is like, my problem. Yeah. And these guys, like there's, they, it's like, I, I hate the whole thing where it's they're there's super diabolical, like Machiavellian style warlords 
on one hand, but on the other hand, they're bumbling retards. Yeah, yeah. You can't be both. So I'm right. gonna I'm gonna take it off on the list because this movie does it a lot, and it really that's that's actually what made me not enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it takes away from the um, overall the feeling that they're trying to get. They're trying to yeah. to get you to feel like it was a real like drama style adventure. Yeah, where there should there should be quips here and there, you know, uh, Chris Pratt type you yeah, know, like, one-liners here like and there. Breaking Maybe Bad funny. or Better Call Saul, like where it's like it's they're serious shows, but you you do laugh your ass off sometimes just because. Yeah, sometimes they throw something in there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Number three, Deacon pondering after his boat was blown to pieces um, by technically by the pig smoker guy, but really yeah. the mariner. So he is um, torturing the atoll man <laughs> and um, the atoll man who's being tortured mentions the fact that the muto got away on his boat. <laughs> and then Deacon, as he's, as he's wondering what he's talking about, he realizes the boat that he's talking about. He says, that boat that cost me 1,000 jiggies of go juice? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's their term for gas, right? It's go juice. Yeah, I think it is because they yeah. say it a few times. They call it black yeah. stuff. Yeah, black stuff and go juice. I mean, I think that's fucking, I think that line's stupid. So I, I, I I'll, I'll take it off. <laughs> All right. Uh, number four, Deacon about the Mariner. Um, that's going to happen again, probably. Uh-huh. He's just uh, talking to his right-hand man who looked like Sebastian Bach or something. Yeah. He's like, he's a wily one, that icky demon. <laughs> now, see, I, I wanted to defend it because at this point, it's like, you know, they're, they, you know, they missed the mark, but yeah, I, I don't want to reward them for it. So I'm going to take no. that one off too. <laughs> it's, it's bad. That's just bad. Plain old bad. Hey, uh, Kim Coates, our old buddy from, uh, Battlefield Earth. Uh, yeah. I think, is he our first repeat offender? I think so. All right. So he is, um, it's, it's weird too that he was in Battlefield Earth. Um, yeah. he is going half an hour, half an hour, half an hour, half an hour yeah. when he's with, uh, Helen in the boat. And the, the weird yeah. thing is that in Battlefield Earth, he's saying, piece of cake, piece of cake. Piece of cake. Yeah. So he just, I, I guess they just think it's a good idea to have him repeat himself like the crazy man. Yeah, it's like the duck from Animal Farm. She just keeps repeating herself like three times in a row. That's that's when you know they're gone quacky. They're gone quacky. Um, all right. I, how is the sound? Can you hear my my son is screaming up there? Can you hear that? Um, I, I heard like a, 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 a little, but I thought it was my kid. So, I mean, like. <laughs> okay. We're just going to truck on through that. I mean. Okay. Sorry about that. There we go. It's okay. It's Pro Tools. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, let's see. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, whenever you're ready. All right. I'm ready. Number six, Deacon to the Mariner again. I'm the Deacon. If you don't recall the face, perhaps it's because I didn't always look like this. Uh, the problem is that he shows the, his missing eye. Yeah. The problem is that he did always look like this. Yeah. He looks the same. He looks exactly the same. So <laughs> I, would take, I would take that off. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, this one's a doozy, dude. Okay. Deacon to Helen and the man. Okay. Now, I suspect she's somewhere real close. So we can tear this boat apart looking for her. 
but I'd rather somebody tell me where she is. And the first one that does that lives. And the runner-up, well, actually, there are no runners-up. Oh, sweet Joe, I love this part. Choose them. One, two, live or die. You know, personally, I'd rather shoot this sperm of the devil here. <laughs> I'm going to say that. I'm going to I'm gonna defend this one because, you know, he really... Like you at this point, like quirkiness aside, like that—that that is his character, and this far along in the movie, you know how he's going to talk, and that's a very him thing to say. Yeah, that's true. That—that's a good point. Okay, defend it. I—I uh, I didn't like the um, and the runner up. Oh, actually, there is no runners up. Like that yeah. seemed like it was just him improving and not doing a great job. Yeah, they could have crossed that part off right on the script, and then it wouldn't have been missed. Yeah, so they were just like, shoot from the hip here. Uh, not Howie Mandel. I was just kidding. Um, Dennis Hopper. Uh, you said Howie Mandel. I'm like, oh, fuck. It wasn't Howie Mandel. <laughs> I didn't read the personnel on this one for some reason. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just being an idiot. Um, but then he, but then a little later, he says the sperm of the devil. Yeah, that, which, that line saves it for me, I think. Oh, okay. All right. So you went the other way. I was yeah, like, no, that's something he would say at that point. Is like, yeah. he he would say that, right? I'm never gonna like if I'm about to fight a guy, I'm not gonna call him the sperm of the devil. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. All right, defended. Uh, number eight, as the mariner is looking off the end of the barge, uh, you know Deacon's big boat. Mm-hmm. Um, Deacon begins to speech, and you better not try to fucking defend this one. All right, okay. Listen to this. Sure. I've had a vision so great. That as it came to me, I wept. And in this splendidness figment of wonder, I saw, and you know what it is I saw? I saw the lamb. He sounds like an old Southern prospector, like wearing like a white suit and holding like a, like a chilled glass of iced tea. <laughs> yeah, but I, so. <laughs> Oh, by the way, the word, okay, so I, uh, I did not pronounce the word that he used correctly there. I just kept rolling with it. Um, splenditudinous yes. is the word that he's, yes. So, uh, I looked that up and that's not a word. It's not a word. Uh, and this, so he had such a great vision that he wept as it came to him. The splenditudinous figment of wonder. And yes. he saw, you know what it is that he saw? He saw the land. That's, that was his whole speech. Yeah. I'm not going to defend you that. Weren't supposed to. So there are captions. The, the reason that I have that is because there are captions. It, the volume was so low that you're not supposed to actually really hear that. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the great things about captions is that you, mm-hmm. you basically capture everything. Yeah. Um, so it actually cuts out there and like the Mariner is like, you know, looking at the guys over the side of the boat or whatever. And there's no Deacon audio. So that yeah. is as translated. So it, I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if I was being trying to find inspiration in my great leader and he saw a uh, splendidness figment of wonder and that yeah. was the land. Yeah. I don't know that I'd feel super inspired. No, I wouldn't feel inspired either. Also that he's been saying this shit to them for like years <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're just like living on his barge, like rowing in sludge. So yeah. Yeah, and, I, and then, I thought I thought he was going to say like I saw you know um, gr- nothing but green. I I saw us drinking on a stable you know floor. I saw you know stuff like that. Amber waves of grain, anything. Yeah, oh beautiful. 
Uh, yeah. So I'm taking that off. Yeah, take it off. All right. So that's only five out of eight, though. So um, okay, you you are definitely putting up a fight on behalf of Waterworld here. Yeah, I have to. All right, you know the um, I threw this one in at the end because I forgot about it, um, but I, I think it belongs here. So it's okay. actually towards the beginning. It's that first that atoll that the Mariner rolls into. Yeah, you know when he brings the dirt up to the dealer, and yeah. they're gonna figure out what it's worth. Yeah. The dealer says, we'll tally it like pure hydro, worth uh, 62 chits. Mm-hmm. I hated that. With no context of what a chit is. Or, yeah, and uh, they also, by the way, don't know numbers. Yeah, also that that, that glaring uh, discrepancy. <laughs> yeah, because um, immediately afterwards, he goes up to the, like, supply store where he meets Helen. Yeah. And she says half your chits, so he pours out like approximately half his chits. Yeah. So like there is no numbers payment scale and uh Groger I'll get into it later, but Groger mentions that something about them not knowing what numbers are. Yeah, so yeah, that's a glaring plot hole. You think in like a dystopian society that they'd have with all those gears and all those mechanics operating how they catch water and filter things, that they know some basic math. So yes, it's it's once again a it, it's a bad sign if I'm making a direct line between your movie and Battlefield Earth. Yeah, which I did a number of times here. Yeah, it seems to be a common occurrence so far. Yeah, so six. Yeah, six. Six out of nine. A six is not not a um, not a bad score in terms of uh, worst movies ever made. So we'll we'll see yeah. how it fares in other categories, but not okay. not too bad so far. Um, I did have a couple of honorable mentions. Sure, I'd like to hear them. Um, the priest, as uh, the mariner, is like caught in a net by the people of the atoll. Yeah, says that he needs to be destroyed, which uh, I thought was a little much. Yeah, um, not enough to to be on there. Um, and the mariner. Kevin Costner, uh, yeah. Kevin Costner, who was heavily, heavily involved in the making of this movie. It's like his dream movie, right? Yeah. Um, says early on when the guy steals his lines, he doesn't know yet. He says, nothing is free in water world, which is a, it's like a self, it's like a plug. He dropped the title card in the, yeah. in the opening credits. Yeah. Not great. It's not a bad line, I guess, but I don't say the name of your movie if you can avoid it. It makes it like takes you out right away. Yeah, yeah fourth wall shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so six. Yeah, I've got an honorable mention too, but it's, Ooh, it's not it's not indefensible. But I just love the line when yeah. Deacon says, "Don't just stand there, kill something." Oh yeah, that's right. And there's only yeah. one enemy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So go kill anybody. Um, all right. Let's move it on to test number four, the emotion okay. overspill. Oh, uh, great. This, this one's a little more complicated. So okay. we take a custom piece of equipment uh, that we refer, refer to as the emotometer. Uh, that can be fine-tuned to the emotional output of the actor in question. So when activated, the meter measures the peak of emotion displayed by the actor in the given scene and compares it to the range of genuine human emotion uh, so th- that should have been displayed there. So the maximum yeah. outpouring of genuine emotion for a given scenario is 10 cages after okay. our buddy Nicholas Cage, current full on ass defending champion. Um, 
a scene full of overacting will garner a score above 10 as it spills over the meter's limit. So we are going to go through these moments um, and see how the emotor meter fared against some of the acting in here. And I will say right off the bat, not, um, not crazy overacted in my opinion. No, I agree with you. I think, I think they uh, really, uh, they reel it in. I mean, they know the, they know the limit of the character. We talked about this last week with the Wicker Man where Nicholas Cage, you could tell he didn't study his character enough and didn't know the the outer limit he was supposed to reach. Here it's like they were a little more, ironically, a little more grounded. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. But, um, they, 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 like the, the, the smokers played these hot headed douchebags and they acted like hot headed douchebags. Pretty much. So, yeah. Uh, so the first one I have is Groger, the, uh, old scientist guy, um, escaping the atoll, uh, via balloon. He's okay. fidgeting around. He's exclaiming, Helen, uh, Nola. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, 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 he like grabs his own head and yeah. just, it's not too, too bad, but I give it a 12. I'll give it a 13, okay. uh, bump it up one point. It's cause the whole, it was an accident. It was an accident. It was an accident. <laughs> yeah. I, over and over right. again. It was rough. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, the pig smoker. Okay. He's shooting with no regards for trajectory of his bullets. Um, yeah. I, the way that he was laughing, uh, like a man gone hog wild there. Yeah. Uh, bugged me. So, uh, <laughs> I gave it a 14. I, I can agree with that score. That's, that's a fair assessment. Okay, cool. Um, so next one in terms of, uh, uh, scaling up is when okay. Deacon, Deacon, who surprisingly did not have, uh, much here, but Deacon at the trading post ambush, mm-hmm. you know, when they propped up the corpses to make it yeah. look like, they, yeah. Um, he just goes, sound it, sound it, sound it, sound it, sound it, sound it. <laughs> so, uh, I gave him an 18 there. Sounds fair. Uh, you sound like the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket, like trying to take a shit or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. You're uh, welcome. 18 there. Um, the atoll man being tortured, I thought was pretty terrible. Okay. The, the guy that gave away the mariner and his ships. He, yeah. he's got these slits here, like, like, uh, like fish gills. He wasn't really. A man, a a fluke of evolution. (laughs) Uh, The the, the stuttering, stuttering over and over again. It's uncomfortable, the shaking and all that stuff. It was like way more than Groger did. So I I give it a 20. Yeah, um, I'll go 22 on that. 22. Okay. All right. Well, um, I had a 22 for our uh, next person vying for the chance at the title. Okay. Helen. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think of her yet. Okay. Uh, she didn't do too bad, I didn't think. And it's not even the line that I'm about to read. It's the collective. Uh, okay. So, you know, the part where they uh, come back up from way down below and Anola is taken and their boat is trashed. Yeah. She says, we're going to die here. Aren't we? Aren't we? And then she follows it up with a smooch on the Mariner, but it was like a super lame flat kiss, right? So weird. But then she gives him the really ugly stare. Like I'm really upset stare. Yeah. 
And she's not ugly, but she goes ugly as a way of like, I'm really upset. I'm concerned for my immediate future. Yeah. And then, and then into a way too much mo- head motion, passionate kissing session, yeah. which none of that made any sense to me to go from one to the other. Ugly stare, passionate head tilting kiss, flat kiss, uh, yeah. you know, which is just really shitty, I thought. So I give it a yeah. two. Okay. I can agree with that. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't like bellowing, like insane, but it's, it was unnecessary on a lot of levels. Yeah. I agree. Um, so I, I'm going to bump it up to a 23 because it's our okay. podcast and we can do whatever we want. And, uh, okay. I already, I wrote, uh, I wrote out a, uh, fight sequence for, um, Nicholas Cage and Helen from Waterworld. So we're okay. going to make it Helen headed into our, uh, full on ass cheek championship which we do every week uh so the champion right now is nicholas cage from the wicker man yeah and his score was i don't know what was it a 27 it was like yeah, a crazy it was, high. i think it was a 27 um so being as helen got a 22 here she's coming in as an underdog i think right okay. uh so why don't we get into it um the full-on ass cheek championship Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to ask <laughs> Oh my god, that's that is incredible. That's the first time I heard that, and I love it, dude. Oh my god, perfect. Okay, nice. all right. So I'm going to transport us there. <clears throat> Here we are at the beautiful Ass Cheek Arena for another exciting bout pitting. Our defending champion Nicholas Cage against our sprightly up and comer Jean Triplehorn, or Helen as she's known in her home planet of water. Let's move it to the introductions. Standing at five foot seven and weighing in at somewhere in the range of 110 to 135 pounds from somewhere in water world, it's Helen! Woo! All right. And standing at six feet. Weighing in at 210 pounds this week. From Long Beach, California, your defending ass cheek champion, Nicholas K. How to burn, how to burn, how to burn! <laughs> okay. It seems our two combatants are sizing each other up as they make their way towards center ass. Wow, early move by Helen here to pull out a harpoon on Nicholas Cage. Cage, though, seems unfazed as he continues pressing forward towards Helen. Helen here seems hesitant to pull the trigger, which could cost her. Cage, grabbing the harpoon gun, tosses it away as he screams at Helen a threat involving piss and blood. (laughs) Whoa! Cage, with a right cross, he doesn't seem to mind that Helen is a woman, as he gives her a toss across the floor. Oh, oh, how disappointing, as it seems that Cage is too imposing for Helen. She just sawed off her own hair, and as we know, that is a sign of submission in Waterworld. Cage is your repeat full-on ass-cheek champion! Woo! I knew oh, he would. Yeah. You know what? After yeah. after all the uh, women being assaulted in Wicker Man, I kind of knew he'd, he'd uh, take the title again. Yeah, he did. He had no hesitation there. He just fucking went for it. Yeah, dude. Dude. Wow. I, I He's going to be really hard to beat. Yeah. Like, really is. Um, okay, so we got a, uh, a, a score of six there. Uh, just gonna jot that down so that we know what it is for later. Okay. Um, and Cage is still our champ. Okay. All right, so 
Um, let's move it on to, um, oh, wait, what am I talking about? Six, six was for IDC. The emote was, uh, 22, but okay. Okay. So, um, let's move it on to, uh, test number five, the poor taste detector. Um, in this one, uh, the, it's designed to identify and flag potential hazards, uh, created by the film crew. So these hazards consist of moments of immorality, Abuse, racism, phobias, and any other in poor taste scenarios. So we just we just count them up in our test number five, the poor taste detector. Oh my god, you can't say that. It's 2021. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um so we have a bunch here, buddy. Uh I'm just gonna see if you agree with me on these. Okay. And then we'll tally them up. Sure. Number one, uh, parents asking for the mariner's seed for their daughter. Um, cause apparently there's inbreeding going on in the atoll, but that would mean that that happens everywhere. Right. I mean, so yeah. So it's just a constant, um, favor that they ask of incomings. Anytime a man comes in, it's like, Hey, can you just like dump inside my daughter? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like that's poor taste or, or um, what? I- it's like one of those things where they just like idea and execution where it's, I get what they're trying to do, but they, they just kind of, they just kind of just like spewed it out. Yeah. Haphazardly. So just, just like he would have, if he agreed. Oh, exactly. Like a overfilled Gogurt. <laughs> so, wow. That is an image. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, I put it in poor taste. Okay. So, uh, we'll start off with one. Um, I'm just going to cross off any that don't count. Um, Number two, the mariner wants to ditch Enola right away. So he wants to just drown a, a kid, just kick the kid off the boat. Yeah, they could have talked it through first. I mean, I guess they ended up talking it through, but I, it's, I, I mean, his first reaction is to drown a kid. So a child, I, yeah, I would say that's never really a, I, I'd say it's never really not frowned upon. Agreed. Uh, so that's two. Helen offers sexual favor for Enola's safety. Uh, sex trade. Yeah, because uh, in poor days, just because they, she's just like, I'll do anything. And just like before he even like thinks like maybe he wanted her to just like massage his feet or something. And she just like drops her robe completely ass naked in front of him. So, I mean, not I that I'm she, complaining, but yeah, it's important. Yeah. I guess she is desperate, but I, I consider the delivery once again in poor days. Number four, uh, Mariner smacks Helen with a boat oar while she's trapped under, uh, the sail. <laughs> I mean, he wallops <laughs> her with that thing. Yeah, no, that would, uh, I, I'm surprised you didn't seize out immediately and die. Uh, so. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So another parallel to Wicker Man, like lots of women just getting smacked. Yeah, off I, I actually was just thinking the same thing. It's too bad the Mariner didn't see, uh, Nicolas Cage in the Arena. That might have been a, uh, a a more um equal fight but i mean the mariner costner there did not overact i mean he was playing it very uh level-headed to his credit he he does a pretty good job like throughout most of the film like his whole boat gets destroyed at one point and he's just like "Eh." like he 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 reacts kind of viscerally but what would you expect if like that's literally your entire life being destroyed in front of you so yeah i mean you, you probably wouldn't scream shout i guess you would just kind of be um totally subdued because you can't handle the situation so yeah uh yeah i agree with that 
Um, number five. Oh, so is that important? I would say so. I, I think because he had her incapacitated already with the sale. And, and then she was already knocked down. Just, like, you yeah, don't, you don't just, kick someone when they're down. Yeah, he beats her half to death with a boat horse. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, number five, the Mariner does throw Enola off the boat for a little bit of shit talk. Yeah. He knows that she can't swim, and he, she's making fun of him, and he picks her up and throws her off the boat, uh, yeah. potentially to her death. Yeah, not cool. Uh, once no, again, it, cool. it, it's another instance of trying to drown a child. Yeah, <laughs> we, we have stated previous, we don't like that. Which, if you, if you turn back the minutes, uh, like by two minutes, <laughs> I believe we just talked about that. Something like that, yeah. Um <laughs> All right. Well, number six, uh, totally, totally different. Uh, okay. The Mariner slaps Enola, the child, for waving <laughs> at the airplane. <laughs> yeah, that's that's in four days as well. Okay. Uh, number seven, the Mariner, <laughs> the Mariner performs uh, as an impromptu barber okay. as punishment. Yeah, with a machete. Yeah, he he uh, threatens her life, but ends up cutting off uh, Helen's hair. And then uh, I'm sure you caught this, but Enola uh, had a crayon which he had forbidden her to have, and then ends yeah. up cutting her hair off too. Yeah. Um. So then that, I I didn't like that that was like all of a sudden the women are quiet and submissive because he cut yeah. their, their hair off. Yeah. Cut off their womanhood kind of thing there. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yes. Um. Number eight, and this one is up for debate. Okay. The deacon offering Enola cigarettes. Yeah. Nothing like a good smoke when you miss your mom. N- never too young to start, he says. <laughs> I, I feel like this entire movie was sponsored by Philip Morris. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like when there's like uh, tossing cigarettes around like in their bunker or whatever, it's like, yeah. it's like raining cigarettes and spam. I think it was cigarettes and spam. And yes, yeah, you're I right. Mean, he was trying to push smoking on an eight year old. So I guess, I mean, I guess that's in poor taste. That's why I wrote it down. Uh, Deacon again. Uh, you know, I thought you were stupid, friend, but I underestimated you. You're a total freaking retard. <laughs> um, also underestimated you. I, I think he might have meant to say overestimated you there, yeah. right? If you don't want to be retarded instead of stupid, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of the opposite there. Uh, so I'll mark my, that. Yeah, I'll mark that one down. Uh, Ten, and this is my uh, last, unless you have any honorable mentions, okay. but. Uh, uh, so the dry land conclusion with the Mariner leaving suggests that the Enforcer and Gregor must help Helen and heaven forbid Enola from, uh, uh, to repopulate. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, no, no, no. That wasn't the last one. I have one more really good one. Okay. Uh, so yeah, do you, do you like the idea of the, uh, Enforcer guy, like the Kenny, Ro- young Kenny Rogers guy kind of like banging it out with Helen to repopulate? <laughs> No, uh, especially the attitude like what, what was the 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 stuttering um, drifter guy's name? Uh, Kim Kim Coates. Uh, I think he was just known as Drifter. The Drifter. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like they're gonna want their way with the girl too. So I don't like yeah. that doesn't bode well. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that's ten, and the, here's eleven. I snuck this one in a little late. Okay. Um, he speaking of Kim Coates, the Drifter. Um, 
he actually was debating selling the girls for paper for a little bit there. Yeah. Um, which actually is even worse uh, later. Uh, I will uh, maybe revisit the subject, but it, it's it's worse than it even looks already selling uh, sexual slaves for pieces of paper. Okay, so I think I actually have a defense for this because I, wow. I, okay. I was watching it and I was thinking the same thing, but I, I think the Mariners got really, really good recall memory. So I think, I think he was going to make the deal knowing that guy was going to be all like fidgety, not be executing his... Uh, whatever accoutrement he was trying to get yeah. down below. Yep, and yep. I think, I think he had, I think he knew he had enough time to read that paper and be like deals off and get it back and yeah, be okay. able to I mean, be able to does. get them to the lamp. Yeah. So I, th- yeah. I, I think he never had the intent of actually trading them. So that's yeah. why I might defend it. Um, but if he doesn't, right. I mean, if you take it at face value, he does and it's not really defendable. All right. Fair enough. I mean, he does actually call the deal off. So we'll, yeah, we'll call it, we'll call it ten then. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Hey, Rob. Yes. Time for an ad read, buddy. Oh, that's right. We do have a sponsor this week. Let me uh, pull it up. It's a really exciting one. Today's episode of the Bomb Filter is brought to you by the new mystery by mail game. Who ate the last fucking pop tart, Stacy? <laughs> I said I wanted it after work, and I'm pretty sure it was in my secret spot, but I can't seem to find it. You don't even like the smaller ones. You were just bored. For the cost of a postage stamp, you could join in on the sleuthing or just add a new box of Pop-Tarts to the grocery list and save yourself a bunch of hassle. Who ate the Pop-Tarts? I don't know. I'll just let it die here. Chris? <laughs> All right, Rob. Thank you for that Pop-Tart ad read. It's, it's great to have a brand so so large. I know. They, they're wide open, man. They're everywhere. I, I see Pop-Tarts at, at Kroger. I see them at Walmart. Uh, I'm not at home. On the moving picture box, but not at home, no. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. Uh, test number six, accounting for entropy. This one okay. is um, similar to the poor taste detector in that we uh, count up the amount of tropes that a movie uses. So we want to make sure um, that we get each and every one because it's a cheap way to inflate the size and length of your movie um, to make transitions from scene to scene, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, you use tropes. And like we said in the past, it's okay to use one or two. Everybody does, right? Yeah. Um, but bad movies are just riddled with um, tropes. And so we count them up and we talk about them. And let's get into test number six, accounting for entropy. You know what? I learned because uh, I was a lit major, and in creative writing, they always say you need to earn that cliche. And I think, okay, I think that's something we're learning here. Is like you need, yeah, you really need to earn it. Like you, you could use the the zero hour cliche, but you yeah. really gotta. There's gotta be a, you, you gotta set it up right. You gotta get there. Yeah, yeah. You can't. Uh, you can't. For instance, start the movie with a trope, or or very early on hit it with tropes, yeah. um, like they do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, you know um, the spot where the Mariner uh, comes back up from being underwater yeah. yeah, early in the movie, and there is this moment where he sees bad guys like a mile away, and the bag yeah. is like a quarter mile, but they're on jet skis, so they're going to get there much faster. 
Yeah. Uh, we don't know the speed of his boat yet. And the um, other drifter guy is like, you'll never make it, whatever. Yeah. And then, of course, he's going for it, they mm-hmm. explain, as he uh, all of a sudden that up-tempo music kicks in. And it's yeah. like, it's like you know, a fucking free willy scene as he's like speeding along as fast as he can to get yeah. to the, you know, um, it's, it's kind of reminded me of that Jaws scene where they shoot uh, the barrels into the shark. Yeah. You know, it's not the same trope exactly, but they all of a sudden there's this like up-tempo music of like racing across the water. Yeah. And I was immediately just spoke trope to me. Yeah. And then it zooms out and shows that establishing shot and he's just zipping through the water. Yeah, exactly. Um, number two, of course, the science guy, Groger, is a wacky old man. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, could we make it, like, it couldn't be a female, it couldn't be a young guy, you know, it couldn't be a, a surprising person, it just had to be uh, a wacky old dude, yeah. right? Uh, number three, the old zero hour escaped from the cage. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was just about to die, and I don't feel like they earned it, do you? No, but I do, I do really like the part in the scene. I'm just remembering it now when it's sinking and, um, she's like, we let you go and we get you out and you take us with you. And he's just like, he, he pokes his head above the water. He's just like, sure. <laughs> yeah. I did like that too. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did like that too. Um, but yeah, that's three so far. Um, so number four, uh, maybe we should call this the land before time trope. Okay. Uh, but it happens in Mad Max as well. And, and dry land is the promised land. So it's the thing that we don't know whether it exists, but it's basically happening. Yeah. You know, uh, so they fight the whole movie to get there. Blah, blah, blah. Seen it a million times. Yeah. Number five, Deacon, the leader who cares, but not really. Like you see the behind the scenes. He actually doesn't give a shit about any of his soldiers, whatever. Yeah. Uh, he just throws some cigarettes to keep them employed. Yeah, and then he, like, covers the mic. He's like, they, I, they hope they believe this because uh, yeah, exactly. I'm making it all up right now. And then, like, yeah, he goes exactly. back to telling them. Exactly. I mean, that character's been done a million times over. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right, so this this one, um, this fucking happens all the time. But Drifter, Kim Coates, comes out of the boat first. So you yeah. think he won the fight. Yeah. But then you see in his back there was a stab wound. Yeah. And he like falls over. He's like, where's my, my boat? Where's my boat? Where's my boat? Piece yeah. of cake. Piece of cake. Half an hour. You know, and then he Half just died. Um, number seven, being eaten in order to shoot your way out. You know, like Costner gets eaten by yeah. a fucking sea monster so he can shoot yeah. his way out. Uh, seen that a bunch of times. I guess I can't say Men in Black came after that. So. Yeah. It's, that was 97, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so. Uh, but it had definitely been done before that. Yeah. Um, eyeball being eaten. Uh, so it's a, it's like a, the gross out throw. Yeah. Uh, so I compare that to rats in Battlefield Earth when, um, Turl is like, Oh, don't you want lunch? And they're, they're eating the rats. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just to gross, just gross out the audience. It's just, I don't, I think. It's just something about the range of emotions that they want you to have, while you're, like for your movie experience, so you can leave feel your body just like shuddering from the experience. You know? Yeah, they want your toes to like uh, squirm, but for like no, no tangible, like substantial reason. Yeah, not good enough, in my opinion. Didn't earn that one either. Um, nah. Number number nine, 
Helen Watt. Okay, so this one is another like way overused trope. Then, okay, I think you'll agree. Helen watching the two swim. It's the father figure realization moment. So yeah. they're swimming together in slow motion. It reminded me of the Terminator uh, Terminator Two scene where yeah. Linda Hamilton is watching um, Furlong and Schwarzenegger like bonding, and it's in slow motion. She's actually narrating the fact that he's like the father figure. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, I think that did come out before this did. So, mm-hmm. um, number 10, uh, the hero's montage. This was very short, but as he's making his way through the boat, like killing people and like, you know, yeah. taking them out, she is describing, uh, Enola is describing the Mariner as like a <laughs> badass. You know what I mean? So that whole line of dialogue was so fucking ridiculous. Like, you, he'll be, you'll be dead before you even know he's behind you. He doesn't know yeah. fear. He doesn't. Yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Heard the, heard it all before. Um, the ever convenient bad guy gun jam. Yeah. So uh, Sebastian Bach goes to shoot Costner because he's actually got the jump on him. Yeah. But the gun jams. Of course. Big surprise. Um. Okay, and. I've got one honorable mention. We'll see what you think of it. But number 12 is my last. Um, the Shire saved for me. For, the Shire saved Sam, but not for me. Joe. Okay. So he got them to dry land, but he, it's not for him. He can't stay. And it's like, it, in parts, you know, you, you, you leave the movie theater all sad because he yeah. should have been able to stay, but it's really not his lifestyle to be on the land, whatever. Yeah. I did like the uh, mention of land sickness. Yeah. I, I did like that. Uh, here's kind of tell you real quick. What really pissed me off about this entire movie. Yeah, man. They found the land. They did. I, I would, it would have been so much better if they just, they, they, they fought off all the bad guys and just kind of went off into the sunset. I think it would have yeah. such a, such a better movie, such a better yeah. ending. I agree. I definitely agree because it, it, it leads to all these different questions. Yeah. Some of them I'll get into, uh, but here's my one honorable mention. Um, okay. I've seen corpses propped up as like a lure in a number of things. Yeah. Uh, more recently game of Thrones, but I mean, it does happen in movies a lot. Do you have any honorable mentions? Um, yeah. The running from 50 milliliter milli, millimeter bullets and they're yeah. just missing your feet. Well, yeah, yeah, and they're not like destroying everything around your feet, and so breaking your yeah, ankles. Those, like, I, don't, I don't know if you ever seen the Bruce Willis movie, The Jackal. He, uh, I have. I have. He's like he's like a fugitive, and, he, and he's testing this really high caliber round. And yeah. the guy, the guy he's testing it with, is out in the field. The guy just he pops off one shot, and the whole the whole arm just blows off. Yeah, you know, that, that's what we're dealing with. Like that's the kind of round we're that dealing kind with. of power. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, it it, it and. To expand on that, it's kind of the uh, stormtrooper feel too. Yeah, like especially when um, Helen and the Mariner are uh, going underwater as the boat's being destroyed. Yeah, and they're he's like he's like we have to go under they, while they're being shot at by like thirty dudes. Yeah, that are literally right above. Yeah, he's like we have to go under, and Helen's like I can't breathe, and he's like I'll breathe for you. And then they start making out and like drop like 15 feet in the water and somehow they disappear. Yeah. And none of those rounds are just popping through them like fucking. Yeah. Machines. I mean, they, yeah, it would be, they would be. <clears throat> sure. 
Okay, that's uh, that's everything. Um, you want so you want to go with a score of twelve? Yeah, I can agree with that. That's a trophy movie, dude. It is. Okay. Um. So last test here, and then we'll get into some fun bullshit. Okay. Uh, this is test number seven, bad effects, side effects. Uh, I think you can take, you, the listener, can take from that um, uh, and ascribe some meaning, but I will explain it to you. Anyway, uh, this is a, a simple test idea with a complex but uh, accurate structure. So we grade the movie's computer graphics and practical effects and makeup and things like that uh, on a custom scale that we designed. So really bad CGI, like the worst practical fest, the worst CGI you can have mm-hmm. is Deep Blue Sea. So we just call it Deep Blue because the sharks were unfreakable. Uh, slightly better than that is a, a level of Total Recall, the 80s Schwarzenegger movie. That's actually a pretty fun flick. Yeah. Uh, better still, Rock Scorpion. This here is the infamous scene where Dwayne Johnson uh, appears as a scorpion in The Mummy Returns. It's just really bad. But it's CGI from like the late nineties. So it looks better than Deep Blue Sea did just by happenstance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the best of the bad we call Beowulf because Beowulf came out, um, when CGI was just getting to the point where it was almost totally believable. So they mm-hmm. did a whole movie in computer animation and it's just unsettling. Like it, it works, but it doesn't. So that's our yeah. best score. Okay. Um, so let's get into it. Test number seven. Bad effects side effects. All right. Got a quick one for you. Um, Okay. The Mariner, I didn't like the Mariner's feet. They didn't look real to me. No, they look like, uh, I would say like wax, like wax museum. Yeah, exactly. So I went with recall because it had that kind of like clay kind of look to it. Yeah. Um, all right. Here's a weird one. I'll, I'll see if you agree with this. Um, so I noticed that they did silhouettes on the sun and silhouettes on the moon a lot. Yeah. And I felt like it was a cheap way to show you the action. Um, yeah. You know, so they just had the beaming sun and then just put these black shadows in front of it to see. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It felt like B-roll to me, and I didn't like that either. So I made yeah. it call because it I- happened so much. I'll agree with that. I was thinking like, like, like in the films where you see like Native Americans doing their war dance in the sunset. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and right. I, I don't know. I feel like this is the best category to discuss it in. It, it, it pretty much is an effect. I think yeah. it's supposed to look cool, but it's, it's, it's a little cheap. For yeah. me. All right. Um, so this is something that I haven't done before. Uh, I'm going to run it by you and see what you think. Okay. Um, so we have talked about good explosions now uh, yeah. in, in a number of movies. Even Biodome had convincing explosions, right? Yeah. I thought the explosions and the, um, the that kind of practical effect was so good that I want to give them three Beowulfs because that, it was all over the movie. And it was yeah. really good every time. Triple Beowulf? I like it. Yeah. So, I'm, so I'll explain what I did to come up with the total, um, like, the score. Okay. Um, and see if you agree so we can do that next time. All right. Um, but we do have more here. So the, when, the, when, you know, when that well, plane gets tied up to the boat and it keeps yeah. circling around. Yeah. I didn't think that looked that bad. Okay. Um, so I, I gave it a, uh, a Beowulf there as well. It kind of, it looked believable. Yeah. It did. All right. Uh, here, I'm now I'm going to knock them a little bit. Sure. 
the the drifter stab wound that makeup job they did on the back. That fucking sucked. Didn't that bother you? It really it was, bothered me. It was just like, cause like, all right, I, I understand like when, when blood is wet, it's like that thinner, almost pinkish color. But if it's a yeah. deep wound, there should have been a dark red gash all the way down its spine. Yeah, agreed. It should have looked like that there should have been a couple of spots of raised skin. So we yeah. even knew where the knife went in. It's just like yeah. a red streak down his back. Yeah. So I, I gave that a deep blue because it really pissed me off. Yeah, I'll give that a deep blue. I, 100%. Awesome. Um, all right. The sea monster I thought was reasonable, especially for the time. So I gave it a rock scorpion. Yeah. For 95, that's really impressive. Like, like, think about the, what was contemporary, Mortal Kombat. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they didn't have it. They didn't have the budget, but I mean, yeah. they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been able to achieve that. I don't think unless they had the money to hire, like, you know, the yeah. company that did that. Um, the underwater city, I didn't like. Nah, it looked like, it looked like, uh, I'm gonna give Battlefield Earth some credit on this. When, when you saw the, um, the establishing shots of Cyclone or Cyclo. Yeah. Those looked better than the underwater villages in, in, uh, Waterworld. I agree. I, I thought the city itself looked recall. Yeah. But then when you matched, um, Costner and, uh, Triple Horn to the background. Yeah. I thought, that actually looked even worse. So it was somewhere between recall and, and deep blue for me. So yeah. how about a deep recall? Deep recall. Okay, cool. So I, I accounted for that. Um, so fake fog. I, I say, okay. I say never use fake fog. Just get a fucking fog machine, right? Yeah, where they, they probably use dry ice in this or something. Cause that was it, a big I one. I think they computer generated fog. Okay. And it, it made for like a really trippy look. And this is when Costner, uh, uh, the Mariner is about to board the, the barge. Okay. Towards the end of the movie. So he's going through like a field of fog and it just looked really fake. Okay. To me. So I threw in a recall and I think I only have one more here. Yeah. Um, the balloon in the sky, um, that I gave a recall because it didn't, it didn't look good. What do you think that Mad Max was, uh, done in like the eighties? And yeah. you think about that guy with like the, he was like pedaling the bike in the air with the propellers. Yeah. Compared to the balloon in Waterworld. Yeah. Sure. It's, doesn't, Waterworld pales in comparison. Yeah. I don't understand. I think maybe they just got ambitious with the computer graphics imaging. Yeah. So, so it is what it is. So what, here's how I, here's how I did the scoring. It's, it's similar, um, a little more in depth. So. I counted up the uh, total, including yeah. the extra Beowulfs that okay. I get, right? Sure. So um, there, you get a one for a deep blue, you get a two uh, for a recall, you get a three for a rock okay. scorpion, you get a four for a Beowulf. Yeah. Right? We have five Beowulfs, so that's 20, so on and so forth. I added it up and then divided it by how many, um, how many sections there were. And I got a 2.58. Okay. So I rounded up to three and called this movie a rock scorpion. I'll take it. I'll agree with that. All right, cool. I like that because it's more, uh, it's more precise. Yeah. Um, so it's like we just, it's like we just bought another piece of custom equipment and shipped it over to us now that we're okay. really rolling here on the pot. Yeah. And to Waterworld's, like yeah. And to Waterworld's credit, like, good job. Like yeah, 1990, yeah. 1995, like I, it, it, I always um it, with music. I, I you know the song Tom Sawyer by Rush. Yeah, 
you hear that on the radio next to modern songs. And while it's kind of cheesy with the synth, like the yeah. drum sound and the bass sound and the guitar sounds, they, they sound so fucking modern. So I, yeah. I feel like Waterworld like kind of blew open a lot of doors for yeah. it's the same uh, way Rush did with the audio quality. I mean, they, they should because of the amount of money that went into it. Um, mm-hmm. But to their credit, they didn't totally fuck it up or embezzle it. So Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I'm going to do logical inconsistencies and then throw it to your movie review. How's that sound? Uh, sound perfect. Then we'll get into bad credit names. We'll talk about what we're going to watch next. And then we will compare the movies. Don't let me end the pod without comparing okay. the two movies. We've been known to do that. So yeah. here it is, the illogical inconsistency section. Um, and feel free at any point to throw in uh, yours because I know some shit pissed you off. So okay. if you want to expand on something that I said or just uh, outright interrupt me, um, of course, feel free. Will do. Um, so why is this pea green? Maybe just because of uh, his, his biology. <laughs> All right, maybe, yeah, because he's half sick, right? Um, um, do you have any more things about his pee or him drinking water while we're here? I don't think I do. Isn't he? He's a saltwater mammal. Y- yes. I guess. I mean, like, but I was wondering, like, if, if he's actually fish, not mammal, then couldn't he just drink saltwater? Why is he going through such Ooh. lengths to drink fresh water when he could just drink saltwater? Really good question. Um, yeah, I don't know how how far into being a fish he is and how human he is. Yeah. He has gills. Um, he does have gills. Yeah. So even whales have to like come up for air and shit. He could breathe underwater. Yeah. So he's more fish than a whale is. Yeah. He's more fish than whale. It, yes. He's more fish than whale. <laughs> uh, they say tree. This is the thing that I told you I was going to come back to. Okay. It, uh, for our IDC. Um, they say tree in the priest chant, but no one knows what trees are. Except for the girl. Um, possibly, but also, I mean, they had like tomato plants and he had his like little lime tree. So they had That's like, true. they had remnants of the old world. So they do have the, that. The, the reason that I said that is because when Enola is drawing like on the ship, yeah, she draws a, a tree somewhere. So, uh, the mariner, uh, compares the tree to the fucking National Geographic magazine he has. Yeah. And he's like, how the hell does she know about that? Like, that's a dry land. That's true. Okay. Whatever that is. And they don't even call it a tree. Like, he doesn't even use the word tree because he doesn't know what it is. Yeah. But it's in there, like, priestly chants. So that pissed me off. Uh, Jet skis off ramps, uh, trailing line led by a biplane to jump into the thing. I was like, give me a fucking break. It looked like something, like, something on ice, you know? Like, here, here's an idea. You get a bunch of guys in the plane. And then you just drop them. <laughs> yeah, that would <laughs> that save you on gas. Yeah, uh, on uh, go juice. On go juice. Yes. Uh, while we're on jet skis, did the jet skiers submerge completely? Annoy you too? Because how did they function the jet skis? And how did they breathe? Because they showed like some little plastic apparatus in their mouth, but that yeah. doesn't. Make yeah, it's like a drinking straw or something. I don't know, but like, yeah, that would <laughs> fuck the mechanics up completely. I mean, like, yeah, because what runs the gas. During the earlier action sequence, when they get tipped over on their side, you consider them as like, those are done. Those are completely yeah. annihilated. They're not gonna, they're not gonna bother us anymore. We sank their jet skis. Yeah, it's like the, um, what was that biker gang, uh, with the, like, 
going to destroy him when I find out who he is. You know that guy? Uh, yeah. You, you um, remember how Greek, their, their, uh, yeah. their motorcycles hit the pool? They're done for, right? Yeah. Yeah, so jet skis, same, same idea. Yeah, same exact thing. Um, how did Deacon lose his eye? It bothered me that we didn't see. I thought we did. No? Didn't he get, like, shot? And he jumps or... off the boat. Like, he's like, all right, see you later, cousins. And he throws his cigarette. You're and right. Jumps off the boat. And then next time we see him, he's got no eye on his like left side. No, you're right. Yeah, I was, I was. Maybe I just made it up in my head just to, to uh, make up for the lack of it in the film. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's when they switched from Howie Mandela to, to Dennis Hopper. Probably that's probably exactly that, when they did okay. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Deacon also nearly killed himself and everyone else with a cigarette by throwing it at the um, the black stuff. The, the go juice yeah. tunnel, you know. Yeah. Um. And he later is freaked the fuck out when uh the mariner is holding flare over it. So like, yeah. it's not consistent. Yeah. Uh, what's resin, and why does he need it? Yeah, that's a good good point. Maybe something to lube up all the mechanics or something. They never really could yeah could be yeah they don't explain it. Um, there's a point where he uses his body weight to tilt the ship over like a trap net. Yeah. I hated that. There's not a chance that his like 180 would, would tilt the whole ship. No, he doesn't have the strength for that. He doesn't have super strength. He's just a fish man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, do flares light underwater or do they immediately go I off? think, I think they do because they're meant for like traffic incidents where it's like, if it's pouring out and you got road flares, you're, True. I've, I've driven, I, I've, I've driven on roads. If... Yeah. I'm not sure about submerged, but I've driven on roads yeah. where I've seen flares lit up over an accident. Yeah, I, just, I was like, do they really do that? And, and like, how much light are they going to provide? Like, the reason that they're there is because the sun doesn't penetrate that deep. Yeah. And they knew that they had to account for that. Yeah. And he doesn't light off enough flares anyway. Yeah. And no, he starts was... doing it when it doesn't really matter. Yeah, they'd have, like, a five-foot radius, it, realistically, if you, like, lit them underwater that deep. Yeah, so she, would, she wouldn't have seen shit. Yeah. Um, if he can gather all the dirt he wants off the bottom of the ocean, why doesn't he do that? I think he was trying to be convincing. I, I think, I think he knew that, that village was like looking for land, and I think he, yeah. had, I think he hadn't actually seen land yet, and I think he was able to just very, very sneakily do that. But I mean, yeah, he could have gotten way more money. He could have bought way more. Yeah, shit. exactly. Yeah. More hydro. More hydro. Um, he got shot through the ribs. You remember that? Yeah. So why why is he practically unaffected? Because he immediately like swims her down to the bottom of the ocean and then fights a bunch of people. He got shot through the ribs. Yeah. Didn't seem to matter. Is that because uh, you can shoot a fish and it'll be fine? I don't I've never shot fish. I've always just used like mealworms, you know? No, you don't shoot fish? No, nah, in a barrel, but I still miss. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I, I just assumed everybody from Connecticut just took fish out back into a barrel and shot him. You just dropped dynamite into the lakes. <laughs> that, I've heard that does work, but oh, yeah. uh, who, who has dynamite? Uh, why is there a ton of books and paper in the uh, Mariner's boat? And if he had that, then why did he even debate selling it, uh, Helen and Anola? I think he was trying to put together the puzzle of like where dry land is and whenever the opportunity to look at paper comes by, I think he just can't resist. Yeah, sure. But like, why did he, like, then he's like, look at the value of this paper or whatever. So like, I'm guessing, so he just, Oh, you think as like a material? Yeah, that makes no sense. 
Yeah, I don't know. That that bothered me too. Um, I've got a few more here. Okay. Uh, again, I, I said this before, but Gregor says that numbers are a different language. Um, yeah. So what happened to all that 62 chits talk? <laughs> yeah. Um, he finds the smoker's ship, no problem. They yeah. mentioned that that's going to be a problem. Not a problem. Um, <laughs> it's day all of a sudden when he pulls up in the jet ski. It's dark, like dark and foggy, and yeah. looks like nighttime. And then he's climbing up the side of the ship, and it's daytime all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, where is the deacon getting those cans of spam from? Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of spam, dude. So much spam. Yeah. Uh, all right. So he made the plane crash with Anola inside it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Just assuming she's going to be fine. And then uh, how high off of the sea level must the land be if the sea level yeah. is now like a couple miles deep or whatever? That's a good point because it wasn't really like, – it wasn't like super mountainous or anything. It was just like no. right, like rolling hills and stuff. Dude, tecton- plate tectonics and uh, volcanic activities would not um, account for how high the mountain must have been to breach the global event. Yeah. Of, of water suffrage. So. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, that's all I got. You got anything you, you want to run over? Or you want to get right into your review? I'll get right into my review because I think you, we, I think we about covered it. Uh, yeah, so here's my good. review. Okay. <clears throat> Kevin Costner likes to drink his own piss on his makeshift perpetual <laughs> motion machine in the middle of the ocean. He finds a ramshackle town where he trades dirt for currency and then he gets kidnapped by, because he has gills. A bunch of guys who were sponsored by Philip Morris see a map to dry land on the small of a little girl's back, and they just have to kidnap her. If you like Mad Max, don't watch this movie. It's like steampunk, but in a wild, wild west kind of way. Wild, wild wet, perhaps. If you like damsels in distress who get their hair macheted off for wrecking P-Man's boat, then I don't know. Grab some popcorn, I guess. If you're going to burn an afternoon watching this, don't say I didn't warn you. (laughs) Wrecking P-Man's boat. (laughs) Uh, awesome. Thank you very much. Buddy. You got it. All right. Uh, got a couple more, uh, spots of business here and then we're okay. off to, uh, next week's movie, which we'll talk about in a minute. Okay. I've got, um, I've got bad credit names here, dude. And this was a doozy. So I'm realizing the higher the production. Yeah. Uh, the more, just the more names that there are, you know, right. so. And let me, uh, let me cut you off right here. Uh, I was yeah. going to bring in any name that you didn't read, hoping to, to out you. With uh, yeah. something funnier, yeah, uh, yeah. I was watching it on Peacock, and like the the ad thing kind of came over the credits, so I okay. was not able to do that on this pass. No worries. Uh, I think okay. we'll get plenty of funny out of this. Okay, cool. Um, I've got a, a number of names here. Sure. I actually got rid of a couple that I okay. just didn't were funny enough for the cut, um, and I consulted a couple of my coworkers uh, okay. to see what they thought as well. All right. Um, so I'm going to start slow, of course. Mm-hmm. Not going to be too funny at the beginning, but worth mentioning. Sure. Billy Hank Hooker and Buddy <laughs> Joe Hooker. <laughs> I like it. Billy Hank Hooker and Buddy Joe Hooker. I assume they're brothers and they work together. Yeah. All right. So kind of crazy. There was a Jack Black okay. who was the pilot of the plane. That was and... Jack Black. No. Was it? No. I, no, I, I didn't think it actually was. I was watching this and I said to myself, hey, is that Jack Black? But I never checked the credits. Oh, my God. I just assumed there's no way. That's really funny. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I grouped also a Stephen King in this. Okay. I know for sure because he was, like, in the middle of, like, digital design names or something. Yeah. That it definitely was not actually Stephen King. Okay. 
Um, John Smith. Eh. That sucks. Yes. So, you know what he did? He put uh, his middle initial in there. You know how, like, Aaron mentioned Michael B. Jordan? Okay. You know, uh, he put the B there so that his name wasn't Michael Jordan. Like, yeah. John Smith was smart enough to throw the J in there because he didn't want to be John Smith. Okay. Good for him. And I don't blame All right. Uh, now it's going to ramp up a little bit. Okay. James Mike Boliner. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, William Bear Paul. William Bear Paul. Yeah, so he wants, so Bear in quotes, he, he wants everyone. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Doug, Doug Ziggy Ziggler. I feel like we've heard that name before. Yeah. I'm thinking Dirk Diggler from Boogie Night or something. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I was thinking Dolph Ziggler from wrestling. Okay. Uh, Thurl Haston. Okay. Weird one. Uh, Brooke Brooks. That's just dumb. <laughs> I agree. Uh, Chris Pung. Okay. Um, Blaine Kakamaka. <laughs> <laughs> Kakamaka. <sighs> Phyllis Thurber Moffat. Okay. Fritz Seed. I like that one. Yeah. Fritz Seed. Fritz Seed. Nimbus Clay. Harry Potter. Yeah, I did think Harry Potter. All right, check this one out. Chris Papa John. (laughs) (laughs) That's his name. That's his last name. His last name is Papa John. Papa John. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, Greg Smurz. Smurz? G- Greg? I'm going to spell this for you. Greg Smurz. Because it's, <laughs> it's G-R-E-G-G-S-M-R-Z. <laughs> there are no vowels. That is weird. Greg Smurz. Uh, all right. You ready? I got three more. Okay. Munch McDonald. <laughs> that works on so many levels. Yes, it does. Uh, it's definitely a double thing. Maybe a triple thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rocket Furnace. That can't be real. <laughs> I don't think it is. But that's got to be a stage name, but why would someone choose that as their stage name? Rocket Furnace. <laughs> Rocket Furnace. All right, dude. Here's my last one. Okay. <laughs> Buzzy Kerbox. <laughs> <laughs> Buzzy uh, I, yeah, so I don't think that's his first name either, or hers. Um, Buzzy Kerbox. So yeah. that's, I wrote down 20 names and I got rid of two of them. Okay. Um, the ones I got rid of were R.D. Call and R.A. like Roland or something. I, th- I thought it was okay. weird that there were like double initial R.A.s and R.D.s. R.D. Yeah. Call was the enforcer guy. Okay. <clears throat> just, I thought it was an interesting name. It's not funny though, so I just got rid of them. I, I, I hope for, one day where we're both on the production staff of some film and it gets like translated to a different language or something. And they're just laughing at Chris Ackman and Rob Scucci. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it sounds like Rob Scucci. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, uh, dude, I got it too. Uh, in middle school, my, 
my first initial and my last name were my computer name. So my name was Cockman. Cockman. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that sucks. I got made fun of pretty hard for that. But I got uh, made fun of by a kid whose last name, uh, well, maybe I shouldn't put this on the air, but <laughs> his last name was uh, Butt Trick. So <laughs> I I didn't have much trouble dealing with that in that I yeah. mentioned that you don't have to do any adjusting to his last name because it is Butt Trick. So, yeah. Uh, one of those moments, you know, when you, you like get made fun of by somebody and then like you're, you're trying to come up in your head with something, but in the shower later, you're like, Oh, I should have said that. Yeah. I actually was able to like pull out the line and that didn't always happen for me, but I was able to pull out the line in the, in the moment. So I was happy nice. with that. But in that moment- doesn't change the fact that my name was Cockman on the computer. So yeah, he still wins. True. All right, uh, you you want to talk about what we're doing next week? Yeah, let's talk shop. Uh, we uh, tried to do free movies, and I noticed, and I swear to God, dude, Waterworld was on Netflix like a month ago, and then it wasn't. Like, as yeah. soon as it uh, was, I was very sad to see that. But I, um, I just looked uh, like two days ago, and on Amazon Prime. So if you have an Amazon account, I feel yeah. like everyone does these days. I got my mother-in-law's, so it works out. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have your own, then you, you just, you know, siphon someone else's. Um, exactly. Sylvester Stallone in a maybe lesser known, but fantastic bad movie called Over the Top. And we've seen this before. Uh, we have, together. Few, on Thanksgiving. <laughs> on Thanksgiving, together. <laughs> With our wives. Yeah, well, yeah. I asked, I asked Stacey if she remembers watching Over the Top on Thanksgiving with us, and she's like, "Yeah, what?" She's like, "What?" <laughs> I think she completely blacked out the experience. Uh, yeah, I was going to say maybe, maybe we can we can get our wives to give their opinions on the movie if they remember anything. I'll G- try give her give her a crash course just to give her a, a you know jogger memory and see if she remembers anything about it. Okay. And at least uh, I, if I don't uh, get actual audio from Erin, if she's shy. Uh, then I will, I will like verbatim read what she wrote out for me on air, okay. not knowing, not knowing her opinion. Um, but who knows? She might, she might even do the, um, a vo- okay. little voice recording that I could send That's you good. to plug in like a bumper. Yeah. Um, but it's Sylvester Stallone is a competitive arm wrestler and, uh, I don't want to go into any more, uh, details. That should be enough yeah. to sell it to the audience, I would think. And just so you know, I was looking up cause, um, I, I um, I'll admit that I pirate some of these movies when I can't get it for free. It is on yeah. YouTube with ads. Um, okay. so you can also watch it on YouTube. Uh, okay, cool. That's the thing I hate about the shell game with the streaming services though, because like South Park was on yes. Netflix, then it went to Hulu, and then it went to HBO Max. HBO Max, and, yep. And Hulu had the best interface. You could erase the watch history so you don't have like partially watched episodes. Yes. And, and, and every other service you have to delete, uh, make another username and start over. Uh, yeah, that's worship. Yeah. So all um, we got to do now is we got to go over the scores. Yes, we do. We have to go over the scores, which uh, okay. which I have handy. Sure. Um, so why don't we do that? And uh, <clears throat> starting with the budget botch watch, Armageddon had a negative forty million botch. Okay. Um, and Waterworld, we determined had a negative twenty five million. Okay. Um, the plot pitch was a three star um 
and it was 24 seconds for Armageddon, 24 and three star. And for Waterworld, we gave it a three and a half. Yeah. But it was 27. Okay. So, so a better pitch, but three seconds longer. What, how, how do you want to handle that one? I'm going to say, I'm going to give it to Waterworld. I think, I think Waterworld um, was the better film in this one. Okay, so I'm going to give a tick to Armageddon for the worst botch, and I'm going to give it um, the tick for the bad plot as well. Yeah. Okay, uh, the IDC and uh, Indefensible Dialogue counter, uh, we had only six for Waterworld after, okay. after playing uh, some D on your part. Okay. And uh, we had an eight for uh, Armageddon. Okay. So Armageddon takes that one too. Damn. Wow. Um, <clears throat> emote was only a 13 for Colonel Sharp. Okay. Correct. Uh, yeah. who got trounced against, uh, Cage. Or, uh, yeah. no, not Cage. By, uh, by Turl. Yeah. Back when John Travolta was our defending champion, which he defended the, the title, you know, cheers to him. He defended it like four times. Yeah. Um, but our emote this time was much higher. We got a 22 out of Helen, um, but she did lose to Cage, like, right away. Yeah. So Cage is still our defending ass cheek champion, um, but Waterworld definitely takes this one. Okay. Uh, poor Taste Detector. Oh, man. Waterworld's going to start swinging back a little bit here. All right. Um, there's, there's eight. Okay. Um, poor Taste Signifiers for Armageddon. We had ten for Waterworld. Okay. Okay. So, uh, three to two Armageddon. Tropes. We ended up with 12 for Waterworld. How many did Armageddon have? Do we, was it, it has to be close. 11. Okay. Um, and then we had it. So it's three to three, dude, going into the last. Okay. Oh my God. This is big. This has never happened before in the history of this podcast. Check this shit out, dude. All right. Rock Scorpion, right? For yeah. Waterworld. Yeah. Pretty good score. Um, Armageddon, we gave a rock wolf. So Armageddon comes out on top. Armageddon had better graphics. Um, so Waterworld actually takes it. Okay. Because their CGI was not as good as Armageddon's. Yeah. Michael Bay. It always comes back to Michael Bay. Uh, so Waterworld is a worse movie, according yeah. to science. Yeah, according wow. to science. Yeah, I, I did not see that coming. I thought it was going to be a contender for like be like average bad, not 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 worse than Armageddon bad. Dude, that's crazy, man. Um, all right, hey, that it's science. We can't argue. I like this. Yeah. Is the, this is not the first time that I'm like, dude, these results are crazy. Um, but yeah. you know, we can't we can't turn our back on science. Yeah, the scientific method is tried and true. You just yeah you, yeah you, 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 you test your hypothesis, and then if it's true, then it's fact. It's just dude, we're using this different language um, that we just discovered called numbers. Yeah, and sometimes and, uh, sometimes letters. Yeah. Um. So the, by the numbers, Waterworld is our new champ. That is the okay. worst movie we've made. All right. Um, so I mean, we'll see if over the top. It might be coming in as an underdog. I don't know the runtime. That's the thing is we're discovering yeah. the longer the runtime, the more we have to make fun of. Yeah. Um, so Waterworld was a solid 
you know, almost two and a half. Armageddon was two and a half. Um, yeah. You know, I think the ensemble cast maybe um, pushed Armageddon ahead of Waterworld as a better yeah. movie. So Waterworld is our new winner. Uh, we will see you guys next week. We're going to do Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone, the arm wrestler. I can't yes. wait for that to do. All right. And that's a wrap, right? That's a wrap, buddy. All right. This has been the bomb filter, guys. Yeah.